we're recording. We are definitely only recording. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you? I feel like yeah, I should I check. <laughs> let me let me just check. No, no, it just says end recording. It's fine. I almost left the live the the, the recording then. And it's fine. I haven't set it to stream to anywhere, so we're all good. <laughs> Welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I we swear are professionals. professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to season two of North. Hashtag Barely Adulting. I'd do the random applause thing, but um, we're not a Riverside motherfucker anymore. Um, <laughs> for reasons. So, yes. <laughs> Many so reasons. We, um, <laughs> Many reasons. <laughs> and I just realised we also have our names and things because we're on stream yard now. Oh yeah. <laughs> just in case you don't know. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jem. And she's Jem. We're two in sync though, because we both did this at the same time. We both put our hands under our chins. It's a friend thing. If you notice that Chloe does that as well. And Becca. <laughs> We are merging. All, yes, we are one being at this point. Oh, and we've, I've, started, I've started picking up Chloe mannerisms doing this. Like, in a minute, the Italian. In a minute, the Italian. I would like to apologise in advance because the last week or so, I can't stop the Jimmy Carr laugh. <laughs> what is it? And I don't, I don't know why because it. <laughs> It's not new. It has like I have a plethora of laughs, Lisa, and they all are as bad as each other. And recently, for some reason, Jimmy has been at the front. So every time I find something I'm funny, I'm like, the other day. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why is this happening? It's oh. like a horror movie. I'm slowly becoming possessed by Jimmy Carr. We Turning are like him. Picking up mannerisms of all of our friends. Jim is and also Jimmy also picking up. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Carisms. Along with Kevin Hart. Motherfucker, Mrs. Bitch. Two plus two not knowing what it is, bitch. Long kitty, no nipple over there. Me oh and Lisa may have stayed up till one o'clock in the morning on backstage sprints, specifically just to watch <laughs> that Kevin Hart clip. I swear to God, I must have seen that Kevin Hart clip. Jesus Christ, it's going into like the triple digits at this point. And every <laughs> single time, without fail, I almost pissed myself laughing. It's just Kevin Hart is just a genius with his stand-up. And then put him with the with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't know why I have to say it like that. I can't say it. Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and Amazing. those two together are just so fucking good. Like the clips of them like taking the piss out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> like Kevin, you are so short. <laughs> when they were on Graham Norton together promoting oh. Jumanji, I think it was, they were literally hysterics. <laughs> so funny 
I love Kevin Hart though. He is absolutely hilarious. There are two my favorite, apart from like the bits that we keep quoting. My favorite <laughs> bit from that sketch is when he's like mentally trying to prepare himself when he's like and <laughs> un- trying to understand what his mom just told him to do, and he's like, okay, 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 I told you you can say two cuss words. You said seventy six. Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Green, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, guys. This is well, basically yeah. what we're like. If you're new to the podcast, we do not stay on track with anything. We are swear a lot, so this is not a clean podcast. Yes. Unlike no. the first one, I uploaded and couldn't change. I accidentally uploaded it. It's clean. Awkward. <laughs> Absolutely was not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we generally talk about books on here, but then we also talk about other things. And now that we've got what, biscuits so quickly, um, oh, I can do yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that that went unnoticed for so long. Oh, five months. That's crazy. And it was a friend. Not yeah. inside our friend group. It wasn't even that us. never seen the podcast before. The Literally looked at it once. Time. I was like, do you know that you have it as biscuit? <laughs> no. It's a new no, form I did of food. Not. <laughs> not biscuit, it's biscuit. But you said Mind biscuit, your damn business. <laughs> Grey hair. Nobody else that bitch. <laughs> Just let us have it as biscuit. Yeah, it's quirky <laughs> like us. We're quirky. We're quirky. <laughs> oh, oh. So. <laughs> Season two, <laughs> episode one. <laughs> Season two, episode one. Oh, Professionals. God. Here we go. <clears throat> Forgive me, you two, for I have sinned. <laughs> I did wow. not stop laughing. I don't stop <laughs> I think there is now a recorded evidence that you did. <laughs> okay. All right. Three. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, stop. Let's. <laughs> We're doing podcast business. <laughs> Let's do this. We don't <laughs> just randomly put Kevin Hart quotes in the group chat that we're in at all. Um, that would be crazy. Nothing. There's random a is like a, a skit on live. <laughs> <laughs> Us? No, because we no. are professionals. 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 <laughs> oh god! Oh. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing this this month. We have a book. Of, no, we don't. We have a book of the month. Um, as per the new background. This thing yes. here, and then, um, and we have this month. We had The Martian by Andy Weir, and this has been on my TBR. I say forever, but for those of you who don't know, that don't follow our normal channels, oh hi! By the way, we are also booktubers. Channels will all be always be linked <laughs> in the description. Um, I barely adult, therefore I barely booktube. I'm I'm a competent. Semi, semi-competent booktuber? You're a very I'm, good I'm a, booktuber. I'm a person. Don't put yourself down. <laughs> I'm a person that 
Tubes on the book. Books on the tube. <laughs> tubes on the book? <laughs> it talks about books on the YouTube. Um, <laughs> and for ages, I didn't read, or I used to read things that I thought were, like, popular, and would, like, people would send me, like, free shit, like, thrillers and detective novels and shit that I never read. So I hold all that. So I say I've had it for a while. It's been about two years. And the grand scheme of things of what people would call a TBR vet, <laughs> two years isn't a lot. <laughs> but for me, this was a TBR vet that I used for the Great British TBR off. Um, and I've been wanting to read it for ages. So when Jen was like, I also have that. I also want to read that. And I was like, well, Mr. Will Wheaton never hits it. She was just like, I'm down. It's about to go down. Because that's all I actually had was the audiobook. And I bought it in a sale. And I think I had just forgotten that Will Wheaton does the narration. Oh and then when you said it, I was like, mate, because he does the narration for Ready Player One, which is how yeah. I read that. And it, it is so fantastic. Good. He is such a good audio narrator. And he was yeah. absolutely perfect for this book. I didn't yeah, think they could have got a better person to do it. I mean, I hadn't even heard of Will Wheaton before the Big Bang Theory. I didn't even know who he was until he was mentioned. Really? And then, yeah, and then Sheldon had this big rivalry with Will Wheaton. I'm like, who is yeah. this guy? Where is he from and for why does Sheldon hate this guy? Um, and then I sort of looked into what he, like, where he's from and I was like, oh, I had no idea whatsoever. And then I read Ready Player One and it was just, he made it. So, I mean, another writing was also very funny, otherwise... You know, it wouldn't have been a funny book, but yeah, just it's very expressive and like verbally animated. That doesn't sound right, but you know what I mean. He's like when someone's excited, yeah, he doesn't just read it. It's like he's act. You can imagine him acting it out in the booth, like yeah, if someone gets excited. You can very imagine expressive. him being really, yeah, that's it, expressive. <laughs> um, so yeah, we read The Martian, and what did you read, Gemma? I rated it five stars, Lisa. What did you rate it? Five fucking Martian stars. (laughs) (laughs) Five Mars Rovers. Five Mars Rovers. It was so good. I when I suggested it, it was basically just because well, it wasn't just buzz, but it was like we both had access to it. We were looking for something that was a like sci-fi because we thought we haven't really done a sci-fi for a while or at yeah. all. I can't remember if we've done one before. I don't think we I have. I don't think we have on the podcast. No. Either. And we were like, let's 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 do it. Let's like mix it up a bit. So I was like, well, I have the audiobook. You had the book and the audiobook. Let's go for it. And yeah. then I started reading it and I was listening to it at work and I was getting some glances <laughs> because I could not contain the giggles. Because it was so Same. funny. Like things that he was coming out with was just like <laughs> so good. So good. And I actually wrote some quotes down and I ha- don't have them. Which is, they're I there. have I some see them. quotes. Um, I'm pretty I sure will, we um, had the same quotes because we were talking about them. Quite a few of the same quotes. I think I stopped writing quotes down because um, between this and Nevernight, if I'd have written every single quote down that I enjoyed, all of my quotes in my little inkling's planner would have been filled up because these books, this book is just such a quotable book. Oh my God, so good. So good. I mean, there is one that I can quote without looking at it. 
<laughs> and it's <laughs> when they first go back, and obviously, guys, spoilers. Like, yeah, there are spoilers from this point out. We're spoilers. If you're still here, <laughs> spoilers. Okay. Now, starting now. Okay. <laughs> so, when you first start going back to the people on Earth and they're kind of like realizing that he's left, they've left him on Mars, he's still alive. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> they go to that guy and they're like, really like, it's a panic. They've got to try and find a way to bring him home. And then he's like, I wonder what he's thinking right now. And then, literally, the next line is him going, <laughs> Why can Aquaman talk to d whales? They're <laughs> mammals. It doesn't make any sense. And I was like, that's, that's not yeah. what I thought. They're expecting you to be freaking out. And he's just having like a philosophical <laughs> thought on Aquaman. And I love it. Um, there was another one that I wrote down, which was, um, hey, let's allow a fatal lack of oxygen that will make any everyone drop dead. And what that is... sounds really weird out of context, but it's just the way that he says it is just great. Yes. And then there was another one, like, what did I expect? Martians looting my stuff? <laughs> it's just little comments like that. And the way that he talks, it's just, we've both said this, like, this is about a guy, if you don't know, <laughs> this is about a guy that gets stranded on Mars by his team because they think he's dead after an incident happens on Mars, which means that they have to leave unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. um, so then he is not dead, <laughs> very much alive, and has to survive on Mars by himself with, like, I don't know, just his brains, just, like... <laughs> yeah. It's just it's he, absolutely ma mad what he does. He is one of my favourite characters ever, because... Yeah. They could quite have easily made this. He, Andy Weir could quite have easily made this like super dramatic with a super intelligent main character who was yeah. like really just like focusing on surviving. And instead, he gave us this guy who is super intelligent, focusing on surviving, but witty as fuck. Yeah. Like he totally, and it made it so like, I think I said to you at one point, even though quite a lot of the time I had no real idea what he was talking about Nothing. I followed the story completely I didn't understand like the scientific terminology that he was throwing about Jesus he was talking Christ. about all this stuff and I had no idea and I'll reroute this here and then I can and then this happens and then telling me about theories and even though I didn't understand and I don't know if this makes any sense but even though I didn't understand what he was saying I did because I might not have understood the intricacies of what he was saying, but I understood what the overall idea of it yeah. was. You know what I mean? So it made it very accessible in that way. Like I understood what he was trying to do. He was doing all these things so that the few potatoes that he had, he could make into many potatoes. <laughs> and I so think I make got a it. field of potatoes on Mars. Yeah, <laughs> I understood. I didn't understand the intricacies of like the the irrigation. I don't know if that's what he was talking about. And, like, I, I didn't understand, like, exactly why he needed to do this and that and the other. But I understood that that was going to give him more potatoes. And that was important. <laughs> more potatoes was the aim of the game. But also just 
the the moments of like humor mixed with the moments of like pure like you were on the edge of your seat because some of the things <laughs> quite a lot of the things could literally kill him yeah he was doing things that were not nasa approved and obviously again like <laughs> nothing he did was nasa approved <laughs> they hated everything he did <laughs> like what what did you do to get this like i did this no don't do that again (laughs) oh my god i just remembered another quote everything was going great until the explosion yeah (laughs) so basically part of what he had to do was to light some kind of gas i can't remember what gas it was um to create oxygen or water or something in order to get enough water to grow these potatoes because Mars was it's apparently I didn't know this really fucking cold. Um, yeah. And I mean, a side note: the amount of research that would have gone into this in order right. to do this, like I believed everything. I don't know if this book was NASA approved. If everything <laughs> is correct as per what like astronauts actually go through in like training and stuff, and if all the like chemicals and everything were correct, correct. Correct and <laughs> or, <laughs> correct. Make your own chemical. <laughs> but it sounded like it was a real thing and that could actually happen. And if yeah. that's that's what the case and it is actually true science, like, bravo to Andy Weir. Not gonna fucking lie, it was great. Yeah. So at one point he had to light something to create like water, but lighting this thing, everything is made like anti flammable because obviously it can kill people um so everything is flame proof and lighting this thing could literally have exploded the whole hub that was keeping him alive and he was like i have to do it like really small intervals and reading that i was like please don't blow yourself up please don't blow yourself up but he just writes it so casually just like yeah i'm just gonna go do this now and if i don't come back and write another log then i'm dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> the number of like entries that started with oh i fucked up and i was yeah. like oh man what have you done now oh the start <laughs> what of the book have you done is now? Li- literally the start of the book is i'm fucked yeah <laughs> well i'm fucked <laughs> i was like shit <laughs> i i remember messaging you about a third of the way in and we were talking about him and like how can you please remind me of his name? Is it Mark? Mark, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was, but Mark. What's his surname? Were Watney. Watney. Thank you. I was gonna say Waveney. That's not a word. Mark Watney, how can you forget his name? <laughs> I don't know. I'm actually really annoyed because I wanted to watch the film before we did the podcast and I didn't have time but I'm definitely going to go and watch the film because I really need to I need to see it but um what was I saying (laughs) oh yeah 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 and I messaged you and I was like this Mark Watney character is amazing because if I was in his shoes I mean I would have never made it let's be honest (laughs) would 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 not pass the psych exam (laughs) Wouldn't pass the fitness exam and have a chance, but if I was up there and somebody left me behind, I would have no skills, nothing. Jump I wouldn't be able to grow food. Water of the hab and just suffocate and stuff. I probably wouldn't have even made it back to the hab. I would have just lied there and accepted my fate because I know that I would not be able to survive. 
I can't grow my own food. I don't know how to, to magically make water out of the air. I don't know how to set fire. Well, I know how to set fire to things, I suppose. <laughs> I can do that part. But it's just there's no way that I would have been as resourceful as he was because he was left with so little. I know yeah. that he obviously had this, the hab, and he had, like, bits and pieces and stuff, and, like, he had rations and that, but not much. And he, he managed to turn that into surviving... 18 months and I remember when they was towards the end of the book when they were talking and I was like I can't believe that this book took place over that long a time yeah it didn't feel that it felt I obviously knew every login she was like so this and they counted it the days by souls so you yeah. knew that as the souls went up they were counting the days so I was thinking like obviously this is day like a hundred and something and I was like but I didn't really like without sink in until the end I was like shit he was by himself yeah on fucking Mars for like 18 months and the thing is like this obviously all the astronauts have special skills if you don't know about astronauts which I didn't know um I know that the pigs the, obviously the, the picked teams like were match well together but obviously he was a botanist but he was also like a mechanical engineer i think engineer. yeah yeah so he was basically on the ship to grow shit or to look at the plants and shit and to fix things if things went wrong but some of the things he had to do involved chemistry and the funny the fun little thing was like when he referred to his um colleagues like dude how the hell do you do this like i don't know like <laughs> how you did this and like showing respect for the fact that like um the chemists do what they do and they're doing yeah. well sort of thing and it was writing it the logs could have just been very scripted and that but it was writing it as if he was having a conversation with someone and yeah. i think that as well the way it's written just makes it just that much easier to read yeah um and i really like the fact that they actually acknowledged the fact it wasn't just a witty character in a book they actually acknowledged the fact that as part of like the selection process the way that they selected the team they selected him because of his personality so it yeah. was actually mark wanting his personality that was just generally like witty and like hearted and like he was like the morale booster of the group as yeah. well as being highly intelligent and great in the two different areas that he was selected for yeah so the fact that i also like the fact that, that they um referred back to that and said that he would probably like find a way and probably be able to keep his spirits up because of his personality like yeah. any anyone out of that team is going to do it it was going to be him and you've also yeah. just reminded me of another quote i loved the star wars uh, fuck oh my god i'll hand in my badge okay I'm no longer a trekkie i can't <laughs> believe i just did that i loved the star trek reference <laughs> where he was like damn it jim i'm a botanist not a chemist and I was like, yes, because that is a thing that I don't know if you you watch much Star Trek, but um, Bones McCoy, the doctor from the original Star Trek, that was his like catchphrase. It would always be, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a whatever like Jim was trying to get him to do. So it's always like, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a not a, a pilot or something. Do you know what I mean? It was always something like that. And so I loved that little nod because Bones McCoy is my favourite character like one of my favorite characters ever like favorite star trek character but just generally a character that i really relate to so i was listening to it at work and when it happened i was like ah! <laughs> yeah 
the amount of time, amount of times I actually laughed out loud at this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I was sat there was just going. <laughs> I was not thought. expecting that. I was crazy because I have wireless earbuds. And those little black <laughs> Samsung ones. So I sat there just going. <laughs> and at one point I just went. <laughs> and I was like. Oh no. And you're just getting like this side out. And someone just going. <laughs> move away, darling. Move away. There's a crazy lady on the bus. <laughs> But so, you just can't help it. Like, it comes out of nowhere. And I think we've said this before. Like, this, if you read this synopsis, like, guys standing on Mars Trap Survive, you'd be like, wow, this is a serious book. It's going to be like high intensity drama. It's not yeah. something you should find funny. But no. I just found. It was just so fucking funny. Well, he made he made it funny, <laughs> and I think he had to kind of do that because that was like a part of his survival mechanism. I think was he yeah. was like if he'd have kind of succumbed to all the dark thoughts and been like, oh my god, I'm gonna die here. Like he probably yeah. would have done, but it was the way he was like, well, I almost died, but I didn't. I'm gonna throw <laughs> some potatoes. So I'm just gonna like I got this, and if I stretch it out this far, I can make it this many days, which means I'll still starve before they get here. But I'll think of something. Like it was just <laughs> yeah. so like upbeat all the time. Yeah, and I think that just like the power of positive thinking, guys. Positive energy, <laughs> put it out there in the world. <laughs> but I generally, I do kind of think that that's one of the reasons that I didn't pick it up before now is because I was like. Yeah. I've heard about it and I'd heard the heard about the film. I hadn't watched it, so I didn't realise how funny it was going to be. And I was like, I mean, it sounds interesting and I've yeah. heard good things, but I'm not sure. Now I want to read more from Andy Weir. So now I really want to read Project Hail Mary. Same. Same. So maybe that'll be another buddy read. Because <laughs> now I really yeah. want to read that now. But it's just, again, because of the whole stuck in space thing, like, I've never been the kind of person who likes to watch those kinds of sci-fis. Like, I used to watch Stargate SG-1, my dad. Like, I've watched yeah. a couple of episodes of Star Trek, never watched Star Wars. You know, sorry, guys, don't come for me. I will watch Star Wars at some point. Becca, I love hey, you. Hey, you've watched the Star you. Trek. That makes me happy. <laughs> I, you've yeah. made one friend happy. <laughs> You haven't seen the new films, though, so I'm not ecstatic. But I'm, like, <laughs> mildly happy. <laughs> But, like, I just, the thought of, like, when people get lost in space, mm -hmm. there was one, was it Sandra Bullock? Is the one Gravity. where, she, oh, just seeing the trailer for that, where the thing, the cord gets cut, and then she's, like, drifted. That, that will never happen. Realistically, it's never going to happen to me. But in that moment when I'm watching that, it makes me feel physically sick. Yeah. Like, I haven't those watched kinds it of things. the trailer where I was like, no. Nope. And the same about deep underwater when people like do like free diving and all this shit. I'm just like, dude, you don't know what's down there. Just from what you do know is down there. There's sharks. There's octopus. Pusses pie. Octopi. Octothings. There's 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 octogenarians. <laughs> You know my thoughts on the oh. deep water. I'm terrified of um, the deep ocean. 
I yeah. I don't like any ocean where I can't oh. touch the floor. To be honest, I prefer not to go to the ocean at all. So, um, I don't think yeah. I'll ever go on a cruise because I'm the whole time I'll be like, well, what oh. if we sink? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a, yeah exactly. <laughs> I saw a um a TikTok the other day and it was a guy on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean and he was like oh this is how dark it gets in the middle of the ocean and it was pitch black and I'm like fuck no because no. like I've seen Pacific Rim what if like a fucking KG thing comes popping out of the ocean like I'm not equipped to deal with that what if the Megalodon comes back more importantly like it, I don't know if they never seen... went away they just haven't been seen exactly. for a while it could be down there you I don't mean, know I mean, Jason's death was a debatable actor, but you know, he did a film about Megalodon. He did. Might have been a bit shit. He did. But, <laughs> he did do a film but, about <laughs> that's an observation that you've made. <laughs> I mean, there's some <laughs> there's some films that Jason Statham's good in. That maybe that unsafe house isn't one of them or two of them, but it's it's, it's, it's a film. <laughs> he has he um, has his strengths. He does, and they did not play to them. But I um. I'm going to talk about it later, actually. But I read a book about that was to do with the deep ocean, and apparently, I just really, even though I'm terrified of it, because you know me, I like to be scared. So why not make myself incredibly uncomfortable by reading kind of horror set in the uh, the deep ocean? That sounds oh no, it makes me time all round. No, it. I mean, saying that, I did watch the episode from with Nick from CSI multiple times. Where he gets buried alive. Buried alive. The two episode cliffhanger situation on it. Amazing. Um, I've watched that so many times. I'm glad I, I know how it ends. Um, so maybe that's the reason why I, I watched it. <laughs> it is <laughs> again so again. good. Where's nightmares? Where's nightmares? Like, just in my brain. And then, like, yeah, I just, I've seen like the gravity, and I've started watching gravity. And I just, it was just so dramatic and scary. And <laughs> I was just like, nah, knocked out. Which is, again, similar to you. I have, I've had it waiting. And I'm like, I'll, I need to be in a certain headspace for that kind of thing. Like, I need to be in the right kind of mood for that kind of thing. I did not expect it to be funny. Even yeah. though a lot of people have said, oh, it's a bit humorous and blah, blah, blah. They haven't said, like, how funny it is. And I think that, for me, made it so much more enjoyable. Because... Yeah. The writing made the sciencey stuff easy to understand, but the humor made the whole situation. Obviously, it was it was a life threatening situation, but the way that he took it day by day, and the way that he was very much like, yeah, I can stretch this out for maybe four hundred souls, just a thousand more to go until the Aries four comes up. Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's just it was never it never just sat there and was just like. I'm going to die here. It's like, no, I'm going to survive. And yeah. I will, you know, eventually get off here. I just need to work this shit out first. Yeah. And it was just, it was just so good. So he was good. A, he was just a fantastically written character. Yeah. Just, in fact, sometimes I forgot that it was a character because I was listening to the audiobook. It was just like, he felt so real, like everything felt so real, and yeah. that seems so weird to say about somebody being stranded on Mars. That I mean, felt it real. <laughs> it felt so real. I thought it was just brilliantly done. I think it's because, as well, this obviously we all know that like some sci-fi fantasy type books, 
like the science in it is very much like this would never happen. Like this yeah. is never actually really going to happen because it's like the fan, the sci-fi aspect is like so out there, like size. There's never going to be a world where death isn't really a thing unless you get like killed by someone with a scythe. You know what I mean? It's yeah. that kind of thing is different. But because this, we send people to space all the time. Like I don't, I don't think we've ever sent anyone to Mars. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like it's something that could feasibly happen. Mm. And I think that they're that, working towards getting people further and further into space all the time, aren't they? So. Yeah. So like, and the fact that the science sounded so real. I really made me want to just check on whether or not the science is real. Yeah. That also made me think, like, the amount of... I know authors have to plan a lot anyway, but the amount of planning that must have gone into this and, like, to make sure that everything is, like, accurate, if it is actually accurate, must have taken ages. Because I can't imagine NASA would just be, like, very open about their procedures and how this and an astronaut (laughs) come into space. So, like... I would just love to speak to Andy Weir. Not that I can, and will be interested in speaking to me. But I would love to like <laughs> um, find out like what his process was behind like finding out about the science behind all this and yeah. like, the procedures and stuff. Because even that bit was interesting. And I'm not a sciencey kind of gal. Like I got a C, barely scraped a C in science. I was lucky that I passed my GCSEs, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, so, but. Listening to all that, it made me just want to go out and be like, Do you know, could this actually happen? Is this a thing? Could he have actually yeah. done this? Because it, it felt like someone was telling their story after coming back from Mars, like it actually happened. And this is yeah. like a, a biogra- autobiography of what happened when he was on Mars. Yeah. It was crazy. What did, what did you think of um, the rest of the astronauts? Like the rest of the oh, I loved them. They were great, right? I, I love how it was like, it 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 felt like they were friends. They yeah. spent a lot of time together. They'd formed proper bonds, and yeah. it was funny because you don't actually see him with them very no. much in the book. A little bit towards the end when they finally get him, but also oh. like occasionally like little interactions that they're thinking of or that he's referencing. And when that's, he gets the right that's pretty them. much it. Oh my god! <laughs> and I just oh. felt like they genuinely really cared. They were so upset that they'd let that they'd lost him. Yeah. They were like, when you kind of met up with them and they're traveling back, it was obvious that they were still thinking about him. Yeah. And then when they found out he was still alive, and they were just like, "Hey, I know this is adding like a shit ton more of time in space, oh. and we're going to be away from our families, but we've got to go and get our friend." And I was like, that, yes. the one time I felt a lump in my throat was when they were saying. When the, the the two that had families back home um were was talking to them and just like yeah. and the, the the partners were very much like understanding when they were like come back alive and my throat was like yeah. fuck. I was supposed to I got used to this book being funny. I didn't I didn't yeah. wasn't ready for that whole sentimental bit. And I was just like and the fact that they were all very much like no qualms about going back for him. Yeah. Which you kind of expect, but and then when it, it talked a bit about, you know, they spent so much time together before they, they, they set off. At one point, he was, like, ready to strangle them because yeah. they spent too much time together, but it was more like a, like a brotherly, sisterly sort of love. And it just kind of reminded me of being friends with someone so much that you can't take the piss out of each other and you yeah. can't just, like, you don't have to be, like, fake nice to people because yeah. they know your humour. It's like... When Chloe says, 
is like very black, like blunt with us or whatever. Like the, we've got the kind of friendship, like we know when Chloe says something, it's she, you know it's out, it's out of love. Do you know what I mean? Like she takes a piss yeah. out of me for not reading Priory. Um, it was it was out of love. Do you know what I mean? It was, or, or when we're having <laughs> a sappy moment, and she's like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she doesn't have to like. Um, obviously, for anyone doing our friendship group, um, me, Jem, and Becca are probably the sappiest ones out of all. Smashy's kind <laughs> of hit and miss, but we're the soppiest, like more emotional ones out of the group. Um, and Meg and Chloe are probably like. The, the least emo- outwardly emotional. So when we're yeah. all like around Livy, Christmas, Livy like, can be Livy can hit, be quite Livy's emotional. A bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's very sort of like hit and miss. Whereas I'm emotional yeah. all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? This is brand new information. <laughs> Had not. So noticed. we're all like, oh, we love you and blah blah. blah. Um, but I think it works uh, because all of us kind of do that. Um, that kind of like take the piss out of each other, but it's all that yeah. love. It's like t- tonight when I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be like half eight before I can come on once I get Jensen to bed. And Lisa messaged me back going, how dare you put your child before me? <laughs> God, I was like, I'm such a terrible person. <laughs> but it's just, I know that you won't think that I'm actually pissed at no. you. Um, because we all know each other that well. Like, yeah, I hate those kinds of phrases where you have to walk on eggshells or you have yeah. to like be like just not yourself yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact and that reminded us of like me a bit of like how our friendship is like they just said what they felt and like, what they were thinking yeah. and they just said whatever and like it wasn't the case of oh I miss you so much as soon as I message each other the first thing was just like just general banter like they're not had all this time apart yeah. like and the first thing he said to his captain was like it's not your fault I know you're going to blame yourself. I know you so well. You're going to blame yourself. But I'm telling you now, it's not your fault. I'd have done the same thing. And then it was just general chat. And it was was just kind of just, it was just a proper friend. Like you said, a proper friendship. Yeah. I also love that when when they finally got him on the, on the ship (laughs) and he took the helmet off, they were like, you fucking stink. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. How do you say that? What the fuck you stink, man? Just please go and take a really long shower. So I'm glad to see you, man. But dude, put that don't touch me. Yeah, do not come near me because you rake. But that's something you don't think about when you're reading the book until it's said. Yeah, I'm like shit. He wouldn't have had a a bath or shower proper shower for like he's been shitting in a bag. Yeah, (laughs) all the way there he's shitting and pissing in a bag to use it for fuel. It's like, I don't have time for a shower. I can barely have enough water to grow my potatoes. <laughs> he needed it for fertiliser and to put the urine through his water purifier thingy to make it watery. Oh, to make his potatoes grow. There was God. one bit that really hit home for me because obviously the whole time you're aware that everybody is in a very dangerous situation like he's in a dangerous situation he's stuck on Mars on his own and when they're going back they're putting themselves in a dangerous situation because you know they've got short rations what they're the maneuver they're trying to do is very risky like they're really putting themselves on the line (laughs) when she the young girl the youngest one was talking to her dad and she was like tell mum I'm definitely coming home and he was like you can't go he's like no no it's already been decided. Like if 
if something goes wrong and only I, I'm the one that's going to be like I'll I'll survive and she was like well you know how do you know because it's already been decided they they will literally take their own lives so that I can have the oxygen the water and everything and make it home um and he's like but you, you still didn't have enough rations and she was like well that won't be the only edible thing and I was like these people have made yeah. a plan so that at least one person gets home which would involve like eat cannibalism yeah. basically like they're like no no that's this is what we're going to do like if only one of us can survive it's going to be you we're going to kill ourselves and then you eat us like can yeah. you imagine going into like a mission going on this dangerous thing knowing that if it all goes to shit you might survive but this is your this is the only way you're going to make it but that's like, again it was a, that's it was something horrible. you don't think about is it it's like no. like the whole that whole bit, like I said, when they were talking to the families and saying, like, and when they were saying, yeah, we'll, we'll come back home, knowing that if shit went down, he wouldn't be yeah. going back to his, his wife and kid. Um, that his, his, his teammate would be eating him. Like, just the whole thing there, that was very, that was a very, like, sombering, <laughs> sobering yes. sort of yeah. section. And I was just, the fact that that was put in there. Also, again, made it very realistic and made it realize that shit. This is probably something that someone would then definitely have to think about in real life if they went up to space and shit happened. Yeah. Someone would need to come back home. It's not that like you and, can go on a grocery run, is it? No, and it was Uber just... don't deliver. <laughs> I mean, they barely delivering fucking on the earth. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, waiting your driver. Waiting your driver. Just fucking. Just, just, just get here with my phone. Yeah. Um, but I re- I really liked um, the captain as well. She was great. She was very um, very strong without being like there's there's a real danger, and this is not all male authors, but there's a real danger with male authors writing strong female characters to just make them cold hearted bitches. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't do that. She no. was strong. She was firm when she needed to be. But she was also really warm when she when she needed to be. Like she really took yeah. care of them. And then like having this whole thing about collecting the original 70s disco things and like doing that with her husband. It was so nice to see it like it wasn't she's in the navy, so she's like cold and blah blah blah. She's like yeah. no, she's she's an effective leader who has a a pretty severe obsession with 70s <laughs> disco. And like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It just oh, made it like, more human, and I just thought it was such a it was such a small thing. But I will always remember her as being like this really badass woman who loved seventies disco, and I think it's really cool that like that little human yeah. aspect got put in because you're not just then thinking of her as a navy captain astronaut lady. Yeah, she's a wife who collects 70s music with her husband and share and is like really passionate about it and i just thought it was so, it's like a small yeah. thing but i thought it worked so well so good well, that, that whole thing with the um when they were sent that message about sit like going back for him sort of thing um the way that she put to him like you know that we are breaking the rules here like yeah you know there's a risk that you won't ever be able to come back out because you won't have a job sort of thing so it's not just a case of you're gonna risk your life. Is if you risk your life to survive, there's a high chance that you're not gonna have a job, and that 
you know, you spent yeah. all this time away from your family doing all this. We didn't even get to finish the mission we were sent for. Yeah. Um, but like when you go back, and the fact that the two of them were were in the military, I could get caught martialed when they get back. Yeah. It was like, yeah, they might not get caught martialed because they're not. But we are in the military, so we or we were in the military, so we can still get caught martialed when we go back. Yeah. Like that whole thing as well, like the conversation that they had. She didn't force her opinions on people. They're like, it's your choice. You know, unless we all agree, we'll just yeah. agree it. But it was. Just I also like, loved the fact that she gave them an anonymous out because she was like listen i've talked to you about this all together and we're going to sleep on it for 24 hours and if anybody doesn't want to do it come and tell me i will never reveal who it is and we'll go home so any of them could have taken that out they would never have had to reveal that it was them she was never going to reveal it and they could she one person could have said something and she would have taken them all home and the fact that none of them did that I think yeah. just confirmed like the bond that they all had and like how because they they were probably closer to home or like they were probably thinking like do you know what there's not much longer now and we're gonna go home and they yeah. added like shit loads more days in space. Days, was it? Yeah. I think it was like yeah. a whole nother year, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. like they could have they, they could have been like, do you know what? We we're so close. We're so close to going home. This like I'm sure I'm sure he'll be fine. But they were like, fuck that, we need to go get Mark. And I just thought it was great. Yeah. Really good. But the maneuver that they did, that whole time they were doing that maneuver, when they first went off course and they were like, they were that many kilometers away. And like obviously the kilometers they were away, they were like in real time, that's this 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 amount of time away from each other. And then like it wasn't the whole thing was like a lot more like intense because it wasn't just a case of like we'll make this corrective maneuver and this will happen, but it's just like we have to change our velocity. He needs to change his velocity, and it was it was like, again very science. He was unconscious. Yeah, and, and then he broke all his ribs. It was just like it was just so like I think it was really cool though because we'd kind of gone on this like little um, <laughs> this journey. We've gone on an adventure. We gone on this journey with him, and it had been like dangerous but light-hearted and like yeah. we kind of had his like durability to kind of go through the whole thing and that whole yeah. section like when we're getting to like this big dramatic climax oh, he was unconscious so the durability was gone is that how you say it you know what i'm saying like yeah. the, the kind of like him being all like upbeat and positive about it was yeah. gone and we all we had was the other astronauts who was whose focus was we need to get Mark, we need to find a way to meet Mark and get him out of this alive. And yeah. I also like the fact that that guy was like so willing to have the tether cut. And he was like, even was like, when Captain was like was like, no, don't do that. He was like to one of the other astronauts, he was like, Hey, we you'll do that, right? Like, if I give you the nod, I'll I'll deal with the consequences. And I was like, mate, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But it was just so well just done. Like, I'm not so going to do good. that. I'm not going to do that. And I like, would you, never do such a thing. Yeah. You can <laughs> yeah. imagine it in the movie. It'd be like, I would never do such a thing and go against my yeah. orders. But that- I have orders to not do that, so I will not do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like you said, when Mark Hume was... was gone it was a case of like they were just shouting orders or shouting like yeah. instructions of what they were doing and obviously i already listened to it fast anyway because i was to it at speed 
Um, and it was like, what are you doing now? We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. We're doing this. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, are they going to get him? Like, after all this, is it actually going to... Because with certain types of books, you know the kind of arc that you're going to go on, don't you? Yeah. You know, generally YA fantasy or certain authors, contemporaries, you know that there's going to be a, a peak where shit goes down, but then yeah, happy ending. There's no frame of reference for this kind of book for me. So I was just like... After all this, he could still die because that is a realistic thing that could probably happen in real life. Yeah. So, is he gonna have the ending that that we all want Mark wanted to have after a fucking eighteen months? Yeah. Flugging away on Mars, he's growing his titties. Um, hey, he's <laughs> like, growing his titties. <laughs> um, and I was just like that that thing where they're like, "I've got him." I'm like, and I, I still didn't want to like release. I released a breath I didn't know I was holding. Ah! When, they got in- <laughs> when they got into the the ship, the whatever it is they were, they were yeah. piloting, the thing, um, when they were actually inside, because as soon as like, they grabbed him, I'm like, something else could go wrong. Like, yeah. you know, some rock could also. come out of somewhere and fucking smash into him. I don't know what. <laughs> but- don't know. Oh. <laughs> there was a moment as well where it kind of made it just cemented like how much Mark cared for them because when he was being dragged back to the ship, he was in absolute agony. So he turned his mic off so that he could scream without upsetting anyone. Yeah. And like without screaming in their ear and like ruin and like just making it awful for them. And I was just like, dude's just silently screaming in space. Well, silently for everyone else, just to kind of like not, distract them not make it worse like no freak them out yeah yeah it was so not it was just so good like i just thought they were all great together yeah the one thing about the book that did piss me off was nothing about the writing but i could kind of understand why they did it even though they weren't telling his shipmates that he was alive yeah like on the one hand i could kind of understand why why they did it but on the other hand i was just like these people think that they're friend is dead yeah. and he's not and fair enough they won't be able to do anything initially at the, the first point when we were supposed to be telling them because they had another plan but like just put them out of the misery at least it gives them a yeah. little bit of hope and especially if they know him as a person they'll know that he'll do everything possible to get himself like to the yeah. end and, like to, to you know to survive so that I really didn't agree with it. Would that that was not not good? I didn't but like I I think the thing with that is that was a very much like that was not something that everyone in that in that room agreed on. I like, liked there that was, as well. There, I loved that, yeah, because it was almost like they've gone with like the person that had the most say or the vote. I can't remember now, yeah. but there was people that were very very clearly pissed off about it, and I liked yeah. that because it kind of made it. Um, again more real because it wasn't like a this is the obvious yes we're not going to tell them yes we all agree and fall in line like there was a lot of and that's yeah. actually quite I liked about the, the kind of crew at NASA was there was a lot of pushback a lot of like yeah no nobody was just like a meek little person that was like yes sir like no sir like even the girl that um was watching was watching him when they was like oh you've got to watch him all the time she's like the fuck what I'm so now I'm just like a glorified yeah she's like I'm a qualified fucking whatever this she is was, a, yeah what um, but she's like what was just fucking babysitter what yeah she, and yeah like she had a bit of a like a tenacity to her as well didn't she yeah but the thing that got me 
was um, when they were all for doing this manoeuvre um, and there were two practical, like two high risk things. One was like one life, one was a case of six lives. But when he was like, no, no, we can't risk the six lives. And the guy just stormed out and he was like, I'm sorry about that. And she was just like, you are a coward. And I was just like, yes, bitch. Yeah. Yes. He is a fucking coward. And then sent the message anyway. And then he was sat there, he was like, well, if somebody sent the message, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never prove it was me. Yeah. I, I mean, what are you talking about? Maybe they thought you were in the wrong, you know. Yeah. Can't prove it was me. Maybe that somebody thought this. And I was just like, yeah. dude, you are going to be fired. <laughs> I liked the main guy. He was the main guy. Um, on the ground true whose name i'm really bad with names venkap Venkap, yes i really liked him because he seemed very um switched on and determined and he was really like doing everything he could and kind of pushing boundaries and all of that and he did he did seem to very much have like mark's best interests at heart which i really liked and he was like trying to pull everyone together and was almost surprised how well everyone pulled together as well. He was like, this has yeah. never happened in the history of NASA. We're all working together. So let's go ask China yeah. for help. And I'm like, the China said yes. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> that, whole, that whole section as well, where the guy was like, you know, I've been watching this Mike Watney thing. Like, I know that we could help them, but it is your choice Um, to, to his boss. Like, they don't know that we know that we can help them with what we've got. Yeah. But I think that this would help because of this, and then it, it would be a case. Then then it was down to him to make a decision whether China were going to get involved. And again, that whole, you know, people go on about you know China. You know, they don't have their own internet and stuff. And there's a certain, you don't know, talk up to your betters, do you? In no. that kind of like, was it culture? So the fact yeah. that he came forward and was like, you know, we could help them. Like China and USA don't have the best relationship. You know, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to, like space and shit and warfare and whatnot. So but it was there's just... a man stuck on Mars. Yeah, I feel like maybe we should do. Yeah, and also when they went over to China and the guy blatantly said to him, like, "This is probably destroyed any hope that we had of yeah. doing any kind of space travel because it's taken us a long time to get here, and we're now going to use it to help your guy." And we, while we're happy to do that, we'll probably never get the funding again. This is probably the end for us. Yeah. And I was kind of like, wow, like really pulled pulled together just to kind yeah. of get this, this one guy being stuck on Mars had really like captured the world. This attention of every, yeah, everybody just yeah. really wanted to bring this guy home. And it was, it was kind of nice because, I don't know, like after um, COVID – I saw a TikTok which I was very relatable where it's like from now on if I ever read or see a sci-fi that says aliens invaded and the world pulled together I'd be like no they fucking didn't no they fucking did not <laughs> they didn't we they they didn't we didn't we absolutely didn't when COVID happened <laughs> we, we pretended we did for a little while and then we started marching in the streets about a bit of cloth over our face so <laughs> I'm not sure that we really showed that we were a united front. Do you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> it's just stuff mm. like that. And so it was kind of nice that that happened because I was like, do you know what? I wish that this was real. Yeah. I'm not sure that we I'm not sure that this would actually happen, but it's nice to read it and it and it actually be 
And the fact that they were <laughs> like, well, yeah, we have helped you, and yeah, we are doing a good thing, but one of our astronauts gets to go with you then. If we're yeah. going to lose our chance to go into space independently. Yeah. And they were like, done. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, sure. Literally, just get on board now if you want. Like, we'll send you right up. Just fucking help us. <laughs> help us with this guy that you've done. Fine. Sorry. The only time I was really pissed off with the, the people on the ground. Well, actually, there was two times. <laughs> the first time was, was it the Annie woman i think her name was annie she was like the press person oh right yeah and she was really like quite blunt and they even at one point they was like how did you end up being like the head and she's like fucked if i know do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But there was one point where they'd finally made contact and it was when he had to do like the pieces of paper and they could turn it. It was a really complicated form of like communication. They'd only yeah. just made it. They were trying to find out like his situation, his status, like did he, what did he have? What did he need? What could they get him? And she was like, get me a fucking photo of his face. He's on yeah. Mars outside. I can't see it. Get me a photo of his face. Fucking, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. And I was like, what are you doing? Like yeah. this this man is trapped on Mars. You have no idea like how he is, his state of mind, what does he have enough food? Is he she injured? You just want a photo. And then when he did a photo, she was like, You can't see his face. No shit, Sherlock. There's no oxygen on Mars. He will die if he takes that <laughs> helmet off. And the, I mean <laughs> him to be posing with a big smile. Hey, on Mars? No. <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> Not anymore. Because <laughs> you made me pose on Mars without a helmet on. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. That, 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 that really was me just up. like, I'm no astronaut, I'm no scientific genius, and I'm no fucking brainiac. But even I know that that wouldn't have been possible. So the fact that she no. was very much like, Oh, the press and the, the public are going crazy over this, and we need we need a photo to show that he's alive and he's well. And you know, like, yeah. So just take a photo of him walking across the fucking like. Yeah. You don't have to pose for a photo. You just take one of the satellite shots that you've got and show that he's alive because he's walking there around. He yeah, like it don't doesn't need to be a massive photo opportunity. That 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 would have annoyed me. I'd have been like, go fuck yourself, get I was out. Also, like you work for NASA. Do you not realise that these people go to places where there is no oxygen? And are you aware that humans need oxygen to breathe? Because if not, I feel like you should not be allowed to work for NASA. <laughs> I know yeah, that you're not like a scientist, but still. Um, oh, but the other God. time that I was really frustrated was when they were like, cutting corners and trying to make this thing oh, really quick and get it up in the get it up in space really quick and like they were like yeah yeah we yeah we've done it we've shaved off this this and this and they were like are you sure this is why yeah we're not going to do any checks why would you why would you do that why would you do that and it made me think of like my, when my mum's always like um less haste more speed because they were so hasty to get it up. Like they were cutting corners, no checks, just get it up, just get it up. Brilliant. So they put loads of money into it, loads of manpower into it. They sent it off and it exploded and they were back to square one. So you've achieved fuck all. You've wasted loads of time. Whereas if you'd taken a little bit longer to do your checks and make sure it was right, sure, yeah. it might have been like another month, but then it probably would have worked. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, you I, I guys get are scientists. 
<laughs> I mean, I get the. They, there were some things that would have had to have had the corners cut, otherwise he would have just starved to death. Yeah. But the fact they were like, we're just not going to do any safety checks. And I was like, bitch, what? This, yeah. this is, safety checks are for a reason. You know, human error, people are building this with their hands. Human error happens. Yeah. Like, it's perfect if people try and be, shit goes down. Like, that's the reason why safety checks are a thing. Um, and like we'll just, we'll just strip this engine, we'll just do this, and we'll do this. And I was like, yeah, like that. As soon as they started <laughs> saying they were gonna strip this and do this and like not do any safety checks and knock all this, and yes, you have to get your time down to a certain level, but you don't have to reduce it so much that you've got you know ten days left. Use some of those ten days to do some safety checks. Yeah, it's not yeah. hard. I mean, obviously, that and those been, poor people were like already working such long days no breaks not seeing their families trying to make this work and it, they were like oh you can have all the overtime that you want and he was like well it's not really about that like <laughs> so i can put, i can have more overtime but they're already like they still need to like i don't know sleep eat <laughs> breathe kind this? of like basic human <laughs> requirements and it was just kind of like i just i, I just felt like i found it so frustrating because i was like I understand the urgency. I understand yeah. that you really want to help him. But even I can see that this is a terrible plan. Yeah. Like, terrible. So, like, do your checks. What is the point of spending all that time and all that money making yeah. something and then just watching it explode immediately? And my heart sunk when it exploded. Yeah. I was just like, the thing oh, is, no. you kind of... I don't know if it's just me, but anytime I've seen a film or a show with NASA in, um, it seems to be the way that they the way that they go. They're very like gung ho, like they're very just my way on the highway kind of people. Like what I say goes, like like mm. it's and the game is very much that vibe. Like no matter what anybody else said, this guy was saying this was going to happen and this was going to go on this day, so make yeah. it happen. And it was very much like, you know, like Mrs. Trunchbull in Matilda. <laughs> yeah. I'm big, you're small. There's nothing you can like, like I'm yeah. your boss. There's nothing you can do about it. I say I want this done in X amount of days. This yeah, needs to launch in X amount of days, and I'm like, nope, it's not going to happen. But obviously, we wouldn't have had the big like save mission if that hadn't happened. Yeah. But and there yeah. needs to be like a third act blip, and that was a third act blip, but. It doesn't stop me being pissed off at them. I was like, fuck no. You. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm aware they're not real people, but at the same time, I kind of want to punch them. Yeah. Um, and it's not, and I don't even have a book that I could punch because what do I punch? I'm not going to punch my phone. That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, it would be stupid to punch a book as well, let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> You'd punch the characters in the fish. Damn <laughs> <Have> you. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Mark Watney is going to go down as like a favorite character. Just, yeah, I, you know, like when you do tags and they're like asking about. <laughs> I'm just know that I'm going to be using him because <sighs> he was just brilliant. Like he, I just loved him so much. If you could take one person to you on a stranded island, Mark Watney. <laughs> Mark Watney. <laughs> Fucking Mark Watney. He, he knows how to survive in hospitable environment. He can grow potatoes oh. out of nothing. He give him. A, it's like that thing. Like teach it. 
give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach a man to fish and he'll eat forever because he'll be able to get his own fish. Give Mark <laughs> Watney a potato and he'll make it into a thousand potatoes. Potato man! Potato man! Oh, potato! <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But yeah, definitely want to read Project Hail Mary now. Definitely. 100%. I'm not sure about Artemis because I've heard that's a bit hit or miss. So I haven't made a decision on that one yet, but I've heard nothing but good things about Project Hail Mary. So yeah. definitely going to be adding that to my list. Might need to buy them both. Yeah, I've got copies. the physical physical paperback. With Mad Damon. With Mad Damon. <laughs> um, which, not going to lie, if you're watching this, you can see the cover... That's the cover. That's the cover I wanted. And don't get me wrong, Matt Damon's a pretty man. But I don't want him on the front of my book. I wanted this Although, I have to say, out of all the movie covers that I've seen, it's probably the best one. Yes. Because it is is about Mark at the end of the day. Yeah. All about Mark. (laughs) All about Mark. Because Mark Watney is the best character in the world. And yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Any tag that comes up for the foreseeable future, um, is probably going to matter what they for the most part, unless it's I don't know, is it him or Thimble? Because yeah, mm, if it's on a stranded island, if it's like if it's a stranded island, it's Mark Watney. If he's just on holiday, I'll take his Thimble. It's, it's yeah, you don't want the danger that Mark Watney's going to start like shitting <laughs> the bag and going, we can use this to go for dinner. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to relax, Mark. <laughs> oh, Should we before, you before we move on, what did oh. you think of the ending? Do you think that he'll go back into space with, with the captain? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think they all will. Yeah. Because when she was like saying about like I know that you go stop playing with your French. <laughs> Sorry, I could just see him in gap. <laughs> yeah, mine does it all the time. I'm I'm not really one to talk saying stop playing with your French. I'm doing all the time. Um, but when she was saying like I know that you're like me and that you go back out into the, your garden and look at the stars, and I was like, if I'd have been through this, I would never set foot off Earth again. I'd be like, fuck <laughs> no, fuck no. My feet but I was like, these guys there. though. These guys, they're going back yeah. into space, hundred percent. Yeah, they'll have to go through the whole, you know, because your your muscle mass reduces and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I know that about. I've seen the spacey things to know that the ones you've been in there for um in space for a certain amount of time, you have to have a recovery time. So once they've yeah. had the recovery time and he's broken ribs and healed, and he passes another fitness test, they're all going to be back out together as yeah. a team. Um. I don't think this book needs a sequel, but it would definitely no. be fun to read like a little novella of like, like not journeys, what they're going like missions that they were sent on after. Yeah, I um, think the thing is though, because they were going to do. She was talking about this like, um, like a hotel out in space, wasn't she? And I was like, I don't know whether I really want to read that. No. So probably. If the novella come out and that's what they were doing, I probably wouldn't. Oh, maybe I would. <laughs> just to give some more, I, I just want their relationship. Yeah. If you could bring their relationship into the novella, or like just some short stories of like missions that they went on before they retired, or whatever, like just like a yeah. little 
catch up with Mac and the team, I would totally read that. Here's what they're doing now. <laughs> Let's have a catch up about what they did over the next 20 years of their careers as astronauts. So, yeah, I would definitely read that. Um, wouldn't necessarily read like a full sequel. Mm, I'm saying that. <laughs> I don't know. Probably would. <laughs> If, if Andy, we're, we're, we leave it up to you, my friend. Yeah, Andy, we have please tell if you're going to plan writing a sequel. I feel like he's not. I feel like it's been out a while, and that it's probably just a standalone. And I think it's perfect as it is. Yes, but it I will is. definitely read more from Andy Weir because I I loved his writing. I thought it was great. Yeah. Oh, Andy Weir, just spitballing here. You could maybe release an epilogue part two. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happened after the end of the Martian. Just because I was curious about what happened to Mark. Did he find a partner? Or did he go back in space and live his life as a bachelor astronaut Martian guy? <laughs> a bachelor <laughs> astronaut Martian guy. Fantastic. Oh, I, I can it. English well. Okay. I know I'm... English so good. <laughs> I'm so good English speaking. <laughs> so yeah, English um, we speak. <laughs> next month, next month, next next. Hello. <clears throat> Rewind. Next month's All book right. is the handover, the handover by David M. Bennett Barnett. I keep saying Bennett Barnett. Um, I'm thinking a wolf song. <laughs> And they're going to the Bennett brothers. That's the whole other thing. Let's go. Um, the handover. We saw this. I don't know how we saw this. Oh, you want it? I, yes, I randomly picked it up in the works quite a long time ago. And I thought it looked quite good. But the main thing that I'm so interested in reading from is because you don't read many romance books like that mm. written by a man yeah and so I am curious because I'm pretty sure every other kind of romance book that I have on my shelf that has that kind of cover that has that kind of plot line that is that kind of vibe is all yes. female narrators so I'm really intrigued to read it and see I'm sure there are other ones out there I just haven't heard of them because I'm really yeah. into the genre um, and this so is very I'm much really rom-com. intrigued isn't it? Yeah. It's very much a, it, it gives me the vibes of flat share because she yeah. had the flat by day, he had the flat at night, or vice versa, mm-hmm. whichever one was which. Because the tagline basically is Daisy works nights, Nate works days, and five minutes is all it takes to change our lives forever. So obviously during the handover, obviously the handover is the only time these two people interact. Because they work security at a museum. So the guy works during the day, the woman works the night shift, and the only time they ever really like, I think it's that way around, and the only time they ever really interact is this five-minute handover at the end of the day, start of the night, and vice versa, when they're kind of like handing over the keys and update doing the update, and that's the basis of it. So I just think it's going to be really interesting. I'm hoping that we're going to have some good discussions on it. I think we've all kind of read enough... I mean, you guys have read more than me, but like enough romance by women to kind of have like an insight into how it normally comes across. Yeah. And I, I just think it's going to be really interesting. I'm excited. Because previously, and this is no shade 
to guys who write women in books. Well, it is. But generally, <laughs> like, like Jen was saying earlier, men have a tendency to write women as generally two different things, like meek and mild damsels in distress that need the help of a man to make their lives better or a strong, independent woman that is just cold as well as strong because I feel like the person yeah. can only be strong if they're cold-hearted and closed off from society and just a bitch. They can't me- mix the two together and make a strong woman independent that has feelings and stuff. So mm. the fact that a male has written a rom-com where a female is like half of the main like main character, like one, one part of the main character yeah. plot, like it'll be good to see how he writes her. Yeah, because um, I think the only kind of romance type books by men that I've read so far have been male male romance. Yes. Yeah. Um I've read a couple of those, but I've not read like a female male romance written by a guy before. So I'm yeah. just I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited for it actually. I'm and I've really just seen the back of this. Out. If I do enjoy it, is also written what also seem to be slightly rom comic books, I think, by the looks of him. There's calling Major Tom the Lonely Heart Cinema Club and things can only get better that look also like contemporaries. So oh, if I do cool. enjoy this, then might be other we things. Can that we, can, we can try some more. We could try some more. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. Oh, and Becca will be joining us for that one. So next month, Becca from the Becca Fowl, Loki, aka Smash's girlfriend, will be <laughs> <laughs> We can now say this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can. Becca will be here next month to discuss that with us. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Started. Right. Favourites. Yeah. Do you have favourites to share with us for December, <sighs> December and January? So, well, well we didn't well. really talk about favourites in the last podcast because we filmed it so early in December, but <laughs> December is long, very long gone. So. <laughs> Been a long time gone. Um, if you don't know where that's from, that's Dicta Chicks. Dicta Chicks are great. Listen to them. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sidebar. Um, <laughs> my faves for December. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of faves. So two of them were rereads. So I'm just going to quickly <laughs> mention them because I can. Um, Legends of Lashes. <laughs> no, really? Yes. This and- is so shocking. Hey, shook it to make chorus and a gathering of shadows by the Shop, obviously. Choice. But brand new, brand new faves. Um, our wolf song by TJ Clune. Yeah, it was also in my favourites of the year, the month, the millennia. Obviously, <laughs> if you've not if you've not read Wolf Song, read it. But also, if you want to know the, the trope in it that people don't like, so if you don't like the, if you want to know what the trope is and you want spoilers, I've said this in my wrap up. Um, message me and I'll tell you what, this, what the trope is if you don't mind spoilers but highly highly recommend heartwarming, funny, main character is a cinnamon roll that you need to protect at all times Ox is just great and I can't really say much more than that but <sighs> drama yeah. magic, werewolves emotion romance Jen pictures it as gay werewolves so everybody's super gay it's great <laughs> Super gay. It. And then the Super other gay. one, a new read, and I also know that I'm late to the game on this, is the Hunger Games. 
Oh my god, yes. I am so I... happy. I don't know why I've slept on this for so long. I do. I only got back into it in 2020. And then I thought that because The Hunger Games was brought out so long ago that um, it wouldn't hold up to current standards. And, yeah. you know, a lot of things, the way the things are written these days um, <clears throat> are a lot different and, like, the words used and stuff. But, honestly, it, it definitely holds up for me. And I just smashed through this. I told the girls I was reading it and I never watched the film before. Film before. I honestly never read the book. don't know how you've achieved this. I don't know how you've gone through know. like and not seen any of the films, not read the books, don't know any spoilers or anything. So no. it was like it was a wild time because when you said that, that you were reading it and we were like, okay, one, you need to go and vlog it. That's important. And two, we will require updates. And you were giving us all your thoughts and we were just like, interesting okay yeah mm-hmm mm-hmm just hiding <laughs> hiding now <laughs> there's the do, 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 do. that 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 lives in my head rent free and random times of the day but that's from like like things on tiktok and social media that i've seen i was not aware that that was from the hunger games yeah but i know that too and yeah. The whole I volunteer as tribute that is that has been memes and gifts going around about it for ages. I didn't know. I knew she volunteered herself as tribute, obviously, because it's the fucking thing. But I didn't know why. I I there was so little I knew about this book. All I thought this is was so wild to me. I feel like <laughs> you've missed out on like a whole, uh, <laughs> like defining moment. Yeah, I had my defining moment at the age civilization. of civilization. <laughs> It's just crazy. It's like, you know, like when, uh, like a pop culture reference that it goes and it becomes yeah. like so ingrained into like everyday everyday life. And yeah. it's just so crazy to me that you've gone this whole time where you've seen the reference, but you had no idea what it was a reference to. And it's yeah. just like, it's just so, how did you do this? How did I you manage to avoid like, the that? But I've used that gift so many times when someone says, who wants to do this? I put that gift as like I volunteer as tribute, like so many times. Um, <laughs> I have no fucking idea why she volunteered herself for this thing. I just knew it was like battle to the death, basically. You just dumped in somewhere, and you oh. were just like last man stands wins, sort of thing. And that's all I knew. And have you read book so two yet? Yeah. No, that's February. Because I've got Mockingjay in March, and I know with my other four books that are going to apparently break me. Um, I am so excited. <laughs> Nails. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot that I was so close to the mic. <laughs> I love the fact that all I had to say was nails, and you knew exactly what I was talking about. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry. I still got used to mic being there. Like, like... It's, it's, it's a nervous little thing that you have when you're like, <laughs> either nervous or excited about something you do that with your nails but sometimes when you forget the mic there it's like that's in my ear I love you but that's in my ear but I can't wait for you to read um book two and three I was just looking at my copies because I'm like okay I want to read them again but I think it's one of the few series from that era that really holds up because when all the other ones of kind of that kind of time were 
just very much like teen dystopians. Yes. This Hunger Games was really like a uh, kind of like a like a commentary on everything, <laughs> and it still holds up, you know, because like yeah, you read it now I've, and you're I've like, damn, this is. Uh, <laughs> This is far too relatable for my fucking Yeah, liking. I can't remember if I mentioned that, but, like, things were discussed in there that I was just like, are they talking about what goes on right now? Because, bitch, I can relate to, like, mm-hmm. you know. But the, the thing that I found really interesting about it was is that it came from, this book came from a time, I really want to do this when I was getting up to this time about it. I was like, I can't. Do it on your face. <laughs> um, <laughs> I this came from a time where generally women were written as again damsel is in distress or if they were different, it was I'm not like other girls. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> um and Katniss really isn't like other girls, but she never looks down at anybody else. That I hate they're like, I'm not like other girls, I look down on you because you're not like me. Fucking yeah. hate those characters. Um but Rightly or wrongly, I think Alina's done very well in that respect for Shadow and Bone. But also, Katniss, because she is fierce. She is loving and kind, but, like, she's just... She's got very much, like, teenage hormones, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's also very strong yeah. and loves her sister fiercely. And it's just... It was just great to read. It was really nice to see a character that you would generally only see written nowadays, written so long ago, say so long ago, like it was forever ago, but like written back in like classic YA, classic YA days. Oh, can we, can we not refer to it as classic? <laughs> that makes me feel fucking old. But you know what I mean? Like from that time. No, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> don't ever use that term again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when someone sort of first saw the 1990s as being the late 1900s and I want to yeet myself out of a window. Like, oh, what the fuck do you mean? How dare you? I was born I'm... in the 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically true, but I hate it. True. I hate everything yeah. about it. Yeah. 100%. I'm very excited for you to read the rest. I've just been attacked. Can you see that? <laughs> the blank is black. Oh, God damn. So professional. Professional. <laughs> Attack by a blanket. <laughs> so that was your December faves? Yes. I'll tell you my December fave. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Here's the bar. There's the bar! The Thursday Murder Club by Richard Ogden. Yes! This was a total surprise for me because this is really like outside of my kind of usual remit. Um, I picked these up because of you. I saw them in Tesco's, the first two books, and you'd said like about how much you really liked them and wish people read them. And um, also, it really helps that it's a really nice paperback because like <laughs> it, it opens really well. It's got a real nice feel to it. So I was like, ooh, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to buy it. And I was like, do you know what? In December, I was really after like cozy reads. And I think I got, cozy is like a prompt so I was like the Thursday Murder Club is like the cozy cozy mystery that I need and oh my god did I fall in love with these characters are you kidding me I didn't know that a bunch of like OAPs investigating a murder (laughs) 
would be something that I would absolutely love, but I did. I'm obsessed with all it. four of them. I'm yep. obsessed with the police officers that kind of like get roped <laughs> into their shit. I just <laughs> loved it so much. And I don't think I ever really fully knew the out- what the outcome was going to be until it was done. Like yeah. I changed my mind a lot. There was a Same. lot of like red herrings. There was a lot of different things kind of like, yeah. and it wasn't necessarily all as linked as you thought. And there was like this bit and this bit and this bit. And yeah. it was just so well done. Richard Osman, I already liked him anyway, because I find him really funny, like what, so on funny. when he's on TV shows and that. And I always yeah. thought he comes across as a really nice guy. And uh, yeah, fantastic writer. His writing yeah. is really, really good. So I'm very glad that I have book two so that I can read that. So that was my, like, I don't really, I didn't really do very well in December. Um, yeah. I didn't really read as much as I was planning on, but that was like a highlight. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, if you can read Thursday Miracle, I 100% recommend. Like, I don't know what people think going into it. I know people have said, oh, well, it wasn't what I was expecting. So I will tell you all now. It is like a cosy murder mystery. Mm-hmm. It's not a thriller. It's not like anything like that. It's it's a it's a cosy mystery murder mystery about some OAPs in a retirement home, just figuring shit out. And Richard Osman basically said that the reason he wrote it with older people in mind is just to prove that just because you were tired and you live in a retirement complex and doesn't mean that you are past it that your mind goes that you need to be left on the side that you don't and it just shows that you can still use your brain and you're still intelligent people and the fact that that definitely comes across and that they're all intelligent but they're all like have such fun personalities as well and they're, yeah, they're each other. also clever they're just they're just so good and like stubborn and in ways they remind Wiley. me of like, yes yeah and the fact that they they can play on the fact that they're old and frail yeah. and <laughs> and it was honestly i 100 percent recommend it it's just it's so there's good a, there's one small moment which has is not a spoiler <laughs> but there's one small moment that i think sums up the kind of characters we're talking about and one of them is walking through an airport with a stick and someone says i've never seen you use a stick before and they're like hobbling along and they go well yeah but they let you on first you've got to walk. <laughs> do you know what i mean and i was like this is the sort of like they're crafty yeah they're cunning they're not they're not like opposed to a cheeky little white lie and a, and a little bit of acting to get what they need and i just thought it was brilliant Playing the ditzy old lady and all the, <laughs> you know, the frail yeah. old man. It's just honestly yeah. the way it's done is respectful to like the older generation, but it also is just so funny. Very and, clever, very funny. Yeah. Great writing, great characters. Highly recommend. Yes. What about your January reads? What have you been reading in January and loving? Oh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have time I'm for everything. You're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. Oh, Jesus Christ on a bicycle. Where do we start with my January? I have been so shocked by how many five stars I've had um, in Same. the month of January. It's just been a wild ride of amazingness. One thing I will say is my surprising one was Illborn. One, I was surprised I fucking finished she it after 10 it. months. 11 months. <laughs> 
Um, and it wasn't because I wasn't enjoying it, and I've said this many a times. It was sitting at four star for so long. It's like a seven hundred page debut novel, Daniel T. Jackson, The Audacity. But <laughs> it is so worth the wait, like the pacing and the build up, and then those last two hundred pages. I read over like two nights, I think, and yeah. it was just honestly that was probably the most standout five star for me. Um, obviously, I read The Exile, so I gave it five stars by Ryan Carhill, but it'll take a lot for me never to get not to give a Ryan Carhill book five stars. Um, yeah, but yeah, the biggest standout for me, actually, I'm lying. The Exile would be one, but then Keeper of the Lost Cities, which is an indie book by JDL Russell um, and it's called The Last Ranger and it's about <laughs> it's Ranger um, I think the title is a bit misleading because she's not technically The Last Ranger um, I went into it thinking that she would be going on this quest alone but she goes down um, in the lodge where she like is being looked after by this mentor and she has to find out who betrayed her and her like um, and it's like a uh, Bit of a made a mystery sort of fantasy thing, but it's more oh. like in the wilderness, and she has Ooh. to like avoid being killed, and she doesn't know who to trust. And there's also like this magic within her that she needs to come to terms with that forever she's been told is evil magic. Um, and she's like, Is it evil? Is it not? Was a dad because she really trusts a dad and a lie to her, and it's just this whole thing. So you get a lot of time with the characters, um, and with her with laying Le- specifically, um. And I've seen some reviews where people are like, I don't like her as a main character. But I will say this, and I've said this about um, Alina in the Shadow and the Bone trilogy. People say that she she whines too much or she's too much in her own head. But if you think about it, like, she, you've been brought up to believe a certain thing your whole life. You've been brought up to believe that what's inside of you, you have to keep it hidden because it's bad. Yeah. And she's been told this from a little girl. So when she can't control this thing inside her, um, and she doesn't want to tell people about it. And the only person she's ever told about it basically shook her and was like, this is a curse, you can't talk about this. Like, you're not going to want to talk about it. You're not going to want to trust the people that you believe curse you with this magic. And yeah. so when you come into contact with certain people that you think are not good people, she's kind of hostile towards them. And she's very, like, rigid with her beliefs against a certain type of people because that's literally all she's been taught. And I yeah. can see from that perspective, and you can kind of understand how she feels like that. Um, so, yeah, she's not 100% likeable 100% of the time, but it's kind of like, when you think about it, it's justified yeah, because of how she's been brought up. But it's so good. Um, and the author said, book two. <laughs> <laughs> the said, book, <laughs> book two is out soon. So um, I'm really excited for that. So those two will be my... I know what you mean about like five stars though because everything I've read so far in January has been five stars and I'm really like shocked about it like my wrap up's gonna be I don't know how to do it because normally I do it like (laughs) counting up to fives and I'm literally just like they're all fucking fives I mean to be fair though like I've reread Wolf Song and Raven Song this month I reread Gathering of Shadows this month. And I read Attack on Titan and Blue Exorcist. So those were kind of a given. 
But let me tell you about two books that weren't rereads that I really enjoyed. Mm. So I, I mentioned, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I read Our Wives Under the Sea by Julia Armfield. And this is like, it's what I would class as like a real quiet horror because the horror element is really like small. Like you could read it as like almost a, a literary fiction, but with this kind of twist, Ooh. if that makes sense. And it's basically um, these two women that are married and one of them is like a marine biologist who goes on like deep sea exp- expeditions. Expeditions? Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wow, I forgot where. So she she goes on this expedition and it's supposed to be for like a week or something and she ends up being gone for six months. And you're in two timelines. So in one timeline, you're reading from the wife that got left behind where she's kind of like talking about the differences that she's noticed in... Um, so it's Leah's, the wife that went to, in the ocean and is it Miri? Went in the ocean. Went in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miri. And Miri's the one that got left like left behind. Yeah. And so you're kind of she's looking at and explaining the differences in Leah, the different like she's something's not right, something's happened, and also like looking back at their relationship, how they met met and all this and dealing with her own problems because Miri has like her own issues. So and then oh. when you do Leah's perspective, she's doing um the descent into the ocean and how things oh. went wrong and explaining what went wrong and oh. then also looking at talking about how she kind of got into this sort of thing anyway and so it's a real like back and forth slow build it's only like it's less than 300 pages it's like 220 pages um oh but it's just it's just so well done so well done and the ending i can see why some people wouldn't like the ending but i loved it because i thought it was just so it was brilliant. It was brilliant. And it's just one of those books where you don't necessarily get um I'm not gonna say, but it's it's just one of those books. It's like it, it's got this kind of horror element, and even though not necessarily like in your face, it has some real uh unsettling moments. And I don't know how much of that is because I I'm terrified of the thought of being stuck at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, when you months. said that, I was like, oh, no, what? just sent into the sea. No, thanks. No, and no, that no. is kind of like some of the dis- descriptions of like, I mean, one, <laughs> she talks about the fact that there's a window into the ocean uh, and that it's black because like it's so dark down there and like they can't go out because like there's so much pressure. And I was like, I don't need a window. Like if I'm going to be at the bottom of the ocean... No. Where there's pressure, I need more than a window. Lock that shit off. I don't need to see. No, no. But no, it was no, no. really, really well written. Really, really good. Definitely want to read more from her. And then my other one is um, Jackal by Erin Adams, uh, which has an absolutely stunning cover. This is a library cover, so it's a bit shiny. But it's like um, this shiny. is like a silhouette um, with like stars and like. Uh, the forest at the bottom you can't really see because it's all done but it's basically about this woman who um she doesn't really go home very often she's moved to New York she doesn't want to go back to her town because when she was like a teenager her um a girl from her class was taken and then found murdered like uh, three weeks later and her heart had been removed 
So it's like really awful. And she was like one of the few black girls in the school. And this girl that had been killed was also a black girl. And um, she doesn't like to go there because like it's a predominantly white town. They're not like maybe in your face racist, but it's there's ra- it's, yeah. it's racist. And she doesn't really want to go back there. She's stayed as far away as possible. But her friend is getting married. So she goes back for the wedding. Um, and while she's there, her friend's daughter who her friend is white but her husband is black and her friend's daughter goes missing from the wedding reception and then she it's her trying to figure out what's going on and and realizing there's a lot more to it um it is one of the best like mystery thriller books i've read because it is my sort of thing because there may be another element to it (laughs) which i don't want to say but like well, I can say I all I can say is that for a lot of the book, you don't know whether it is like is this just straight up mystery thriller or is there something supernatural going on here? Like you're flitting between those two things the entire time. And it's this was in the um Goodreads Choice Awards. It was yeah. a nominee and it came like sixteenth or something, but it's only got like th- 4,000 ratings now, I think, compared to like the winner, which had 270,000. <laughs> so it was never going to get any higher. And I think it's such a shame because it's really, really good. Really good. The oh, writing is really like good. horror, horror thriller books, then yeah. the Jackal. It's really, and not just the writing, like the commentary about like systemic racism, the fact that the police don't seem to be looking into it as much because oh, it's a little black girl that's gone missing and just like her trying to uncover shit and all the stuff that she finds and also that like, you get um a, another perspective in this where it's going with um the girl that got went missing and kind of trying and like telling you not like you're not with her a lot but just from the the moment the lead up yeah. and the moment that she was taken and uh yeah Really, really good. Really good. People are sleeping on that one. <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> Not anymore. Come on, guys, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> um so we normally then move on to new things that people books that you've read, watched, seen, found. Yes. <laughs> in I have literally nothing to share I was saying this before we came on I have really done very little with my life since the last podcast apart from decent like I've read some books but I've not watched any new shows I've not watched any films I've not really watched anybody new on booktube or anything I've basically just been living in my in a little bubble of doing nothing (laughs) exciting (laughs) I mean, you've been doing exciting stuff, but just nothing new. No. I don't watch Tony. That's how the fuck it Shame about me, isn't it? Um. So we've decided that because Jenna has none, I'll pick two. <laughs> yes. You go for it. So, you have mine. Um, <laughs> one of these is a new person. One of them I watched for a while, but just haven't mentioned him. Um, so that sounds like I'm creepy and that I stalk this person. <laughs> but these are both booktubers. I've been watching like, you for a while. <laughs> who like indie slash just fantasy sci-fi books. 
So one is Andrew from Andrew and Andrews. Andrews. Andrews Wizardly Reads. Andrews <laughs> Andrews Wizardly Reads. That's hard to say. Um so he is predominantly a book you that talk about indie books. And I found him through like a suggestions a few months ago and I just started binging his backlist stuff. And he is very animated. <laughs> but I kind of like that sometimes when he's just got such a high energy in his videos and he's just such a lovely guy. Um, and I've got so many indirects off him. And he's just honestly, you would see you should see some of his some of his bookshelves. I think I've got a lot of books. He's like most of his bloody collection is in Indie fantasy. Um and yeah, he's just he does a lot of indie recommendations. He doesn't do vlogs or anything like that, but a lot of it is just sort of um shining the spotlight on sci-fi, which is very much the kind of stuff that I'm interested in at the moment. A lot of it is sci-fi fantasy, which is just yeah. right up my alley. Um and he did a he did a three K live the other day, and where he did like the one they call it, America's call it one chip challenge, but it's like a really hot crisp. It's like the hottest crisp that was like he referred to it as like it looks like it was dusty, and nice. <laughs> and it was like really really dark blue, and dyed his tongue blue, um, and it nice was just <laughs> I don't know. It's so fun to watch. But yeah, he's he's a great booktuber. I do love watching his videos, um, because his personality just makes me smile. And then, um, there's one called um Alan from the Library of Alan Zandria is his uh, YouTube name, and this guy I found through watching Andrew from Andrew's Wizardly Reads, and I've only just found him this month, and he reminds me. <laughs> I said his kind of personality reminds me very much of like Chloe and Meg, where like he's it's like for instance when Andrew was doing that challenge, he was there for support, but was basically saying, You're an idiot for doing this. Like <laughs> I'm just here to tell you how much of an idiot you are and you're gonna regret this in the morning, but I'm here just to see what happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you could tell obviously that he, he they are friends. Um and he he's a teacher, but I don't know what subject he teaches. But um, he randomly comes out with Latin phrases um, now and again, which I think is great. He does different voices. He was doing a live show, then he came out with all these different... He does a very good British accent for an American. Um, when he, <laughs> that, you know, we know how sometimes the accents are not the best, and I'm not the best at accents, yeah. even though I like doing them. I think but you're he pretty did, good. He did a very good British accent on live the other day. Um, and his, his humour is just so dry and witty, and he's very much like zero fucks given sort of <laughs> attitude but he's also very respectful and but he's he does a lot of like sci-fi fantasy reviews as well um bless him he's recently last year been in a car accident and he's in a wheelchair so um he has been updating on, on things like that as well but he talks about the way that he talks about his kids i watched one of his videos and the kids that he teaches um the pride that he has in what he does and the way that he just like was gushing over these kids and what they did, I can't remember. It was some kind of championship they went to, um, and he's just he just seems like such a nice guy. Mm. But his his humor just reminded me so much of some of our friends. I was just like, it'd be my my kind of guy to watch. So if you do <laughs> like, 
if you want any sci-fi fantasy recs, I will leave them both linked in the description. They are both great booktubers to watch um, for very different reasons. Andrew's high energy. Alan, not so much, but Andrew's just, um, Alan's just funny. I love, love it. it. It's great. Yeah, they're my two people that I want to rave about. Great shout-outs. Great shout-outs. Shall we um shall we finish off with some reading doofers? Reading doofers, doofers, doofers. I've got my new notebook, <laughs> my special podcast notebook. Friends, friends. With all my reading doofers in. Well, actually, I've only got this, but I did actually write, we have planned, you'd be proud of us, guys. We have planned for months in advance. We have books planned, everything, but I wrote it all in a different notebook and then bought this one, so I've got to write it all out again. I didn't. <laughs> I haven't got that far. Okay. February reading doofers. Let's go. Woo, 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 woo. We woo, woo, woo. We so we've already said that, that we... <laughs> we've already said that for the podcast, we'll be reading The Handover by David M. Barnett with Becca from the Becca Fowl. <coughs> Tick. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> Ding dong. For Shwabalong, we're starting... The Monsters of Verity series, so we're going to be oh! reading this damage song, which does mean that Lisa will be reading Dark Chua in March, where she's basically reading nothing but books that are going to make her cry. It's going to be the marathon March month of misery. <laughs> I'm going to be a sad girl. Sad Lisa. It would be emotional. <laughs> For all about fantasy, they are reading Jade War. Yes, Queen. Chris, Kings yes. Of friends. <laughs> Christopher Long is going to be God's Grave, continuing the Nevernight series. Yay! By the Angel Along is up to Lord of Shadows for oh, February. God. I'm going to die. Fiction Addiction Book Club are reading a book called The Anomaly, but I didn't see the narrator, the narrator, the author. So I'm not sure who it's by, but there is a Discord where they have all that. So we'll link we'll link that in the bottom. And the Catch Up Book Club are continuing the blade itself because it's a two month thing. Yeah. So those are your reading doofers. Now continuing with readathons. I have two, and then I know that you wrote down a couple as well. You so did. the the main main two that I'm taking part in. No, in February, and I am aware that in my goals, I said I was only doing one a month. Do not okay. fucking at me, okay? I'm gonna at you. On do Twitter not and like one readathon, bitch. Do not do this, okay? Then I can make this work, okay? So I'm gonna be taking part in the Heartstopper readathon for uh, which is being hosted by Jess Martine. It's a month long readathon. Um, and this is the first round, and it's going to be a character builder. So you can build your character. But there's two options on how you can um, do the readathon. The first option is just a bingo board where you can do three in a row or go for a full blackout. And the second option is that you can build a character because each individual character will have their own profile with three prompts per character, and you can read, like based on whichever character you want to pick. They're the graphic novel characters, not the TV show characters, because I believe there is a TV show character who is a, yeah. only in the TV show. I am yet to watch that TV show, 
it's on my fucking actually it's not on my list because i've only got wednesday on my list so i'll add it to my list i'll add it to the list on in the planner um but i haven't got that far i'll add it to the list i'll add it to the list um but yeah i'm really excited for that one because i love heartstopper and all the graphics and everything looks super cute and also it seems like a pretty chill one you can double up the prompt scene pretty open and like depending on how things go you've either got the bingo board or you can go a bit more in depth with the character specific prompt so love that and then our lovely Tories doing a readathon Tori, on Tori. the tweeter Twitter. on the tweeter this is another all month long called series tbr um like I say, there is a Twitter. She is thinking of doing Discord, but not 100% yet. So we'll link the Twitter down below. Um, this is another bingo board for the whole month. And it's kind of to get you to continue or read the series that are on your list. Once the month is over, though, there's going to be another one later in the year. I think she said August. But what she's done is she's done like a bingo board for this month. There'll be a bingo board in August, but there's also like a bigger bingo board that you can use for motivation between the two rounds. So if you want like, you know, like on, um, uh, not StreamYard, that's what we're on. Not Spotify, that's music. Storyboard, Storygraph. Story <laughs> wow, I'm fine. On Storygraph, you can have like challenges, can't you? Oh, like, don't, I, I got there. It took a while, but I got there. On Storygraph, you can have like challenges where you do like little prompts to you have little prompts to fill, and like in the front of like little inklings planner, I know because that's what we have. Um, you've got like little prompts that you can fill in throughout the year. So Tori's done a like a sheet almost of like prompts that you can use in between, and I think that's really cool because it's just to help people keep motivated with their series. Um, you can double up, you can reuse prompts as much as you like. They're both very kind of low-key readathons or like open readathons which is why i reckon i can do two and this is all fine that's your excuse slash yeah. reason sorry sorry reason i um, know my goal was to do one a month and be kind to myself but i feel like this is being kind to myself but i mean you've got to support your friend and then also a half stopper <laughs> exactly <laughs> what's a girl to do who could turn down heart stopper? Nobody Not with me. a heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you had some others. Tell us. I did. Said. So there is a Sims readathon by Ashley Reeves. I don't know if this is a year long one or if it's a different one to the year long one, but it says round two February announcement 2023. So take with that. What you will, I'm I don't know. I'm sure that I've seen a read a Sims readathon that is happening all year, but I, I don't remember who it was that's doing it. So it might be that there's two Sims readathons and I've just confused Lisa for no reason, or this is that one. So you guys be. probably know better than us. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard, is it? No, um, <laughs> we're trying our best. The next one is a Twitter one that's called Feathers, Fur and fantasy a um, It's not about fairies. It's... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. That is, that is correct. Uh, 
it is basically a readathon there's like fantasy creatures and problems based on fantasy creatures so you've got like dragons griffins all that kind of thing um wow my screen just went really really dark <laughs> um yeah so it's just different fantasy creatures and there's prompts that you need to fulfill and there's you can fit like up to three prompts per book so you can like double up triple up it's fine um and it goes throughout the full month of february nice. there is then melanor reads and covers with cassidy I joined 72 hours in a haunted house um, from the seven, Thursday the 17th of February. And it's 72 hours from that date. Um, normally, they, they do live sprints. I don't know if there's any bingo board or anything for that. Um, I will leave the video links down below for both their announcements. God damn it, Lisa. You know I so, want to be in a haunted house. It's only 72 hours. So I'm guessing it's probably going to be quite a chill one because their readathons generally are. When they did the Smut Den readathon, it wasn't very, like, intense and strict. It, they, they, they normally do quite chill readathons of girls. So um, if you're interested in being in a haunted house for 72 hours with Cassidy and Mel, um, I don't know if anybody else has hosted. I've just seen their videos and what they posted. So there's that. And then... I mean, come on, guys, it's February over the last two years. It's been Polathon. Jade from Jade We Reads is bringing back Polathon round three. And it runs from the 6th to the 12th of February. And again, I, don't, I haven't watched the announcement video yet. I already know I'm taking part. Regardless, I'll make my, my books fit the prompts. I don't care. Um, I've taken part in all three, well, in both previous rounds. Um, so I will be taking part in this annual readathon read as well. Um, they're always good fun. Again, they're probably going to be quite a chill one. Uh, she tends to do quite chill readathons because anything like last year was basically every book you finish, you got a fish, uh, and it, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't anything like any problems or anything. So um, I, again, I'll leave Jade's link down below the announcement video. For anyone interested in that, but I will be partaking in a few. <laughs> but this is supposed to be the year of taking part in less readathons, and I feel like talking about the readathons on the podcast was a bad move because <laughs> now I want to do all the readathons. I mean, in January I only did two, so go yay yay for me starting off the year relatively low key, but. The key back readathon does run into until the sixth of Feb, so technically it's it's a January Feb readathon. But <laughs> you know, we're just gonna say January because three out of the four weeks we're in January. No. So. It's fine. But it's it's fine. It's all good. It's all. But it is very, fine. The, I'm, yeah, the, the low key ones I want to take part in are the ones that like. You know, it's not like magical readathon where I've got to pass a year of exams. Do you know what I mean? To yeah. move on. They're so all very if, open. If I don't finish the, the prompt of the boards, it's just not going to be a big deal. Um, I just think, for me, as much as I don't want to overwhelm myself with readathons and stuff, I like taking part in them. A, to support my friends, but B, because it also gives me and my brain something to focus on. Because if I don't have any... Yeah 
goals or focus, then my mind just goes like, this is why I need a TBR. When people are like, oh, you don't yeah. need a TBR, you don't have to read those books. Well, yeah, I do. Otherwise, I'll just sit and look, stare at my bookcases and be like, I don't know what to read. And then read nothing. This is why <laughs> I need a TBR game because I need something to go, hey, read this. Yeah. And it, I, I might have to think about a book to fit it. And I might have some options, but at least it's less options than just staring blankly at my shelves going, I don't know what to read. <laughs> I've got like 400 books and I don't know what to read. <laughs> I'll reread Legends of Lattes. <laughs> I would literally just fucking reread Legends of Lattes every month until the second book comes out in October and then reread that. I would not get anything else read if I had it. Because like, I don't like making decisions. I'm a Libra for fuck's sake. As well as having <laughs> <laughs> mental health in it. Um, <laughs> Can I use that excuse as a Virgo? Not really. We're supposed to be quite competent, aren't we? Yeah, Libras are really bad at making decisions. That's that's my personality. <laughs> I use that as a trait when I can't make a decision. So it's like, what do you want? Like, do you want a takeaway? Yeah, what do you want? I don't have a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make decisions. I'm a Libra. I think, I think Virgos are supposed to be like competent or some shit and organised. <laughs> You were born in the wrong right? time. <laughs> I mean, I, I am pretty organised. I love a list. I love a spreadsheet. I love a list. I just don't stick to it. I like. I do like. I do like a spreadsheet. I do like plan. But it's kind of like that. Um, I can't remember what it's from. I think it's from uh, a DC show, Legends of Tomorrow, or something like that, where he was like, "Make the plan." Execute the plan, expect the plan to fail, throw away the plan. <laughs> That's kind that of me. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the plan. No, yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Just forget the plan. I'll make the plan and I will plan to execute the plan. And that's how far I go. I'm like, here's my list. I will do this list. And then I will forget the list exists. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I made a list. I did plan, I was organised, but my brain was like, self-sabotage, you won't finish <laughs> this, until, like, it's like the list of things, list of videos I need to film, list of things I need to do, it'll be like, oh, you don't need to do that until the night before, then you need to stay up till midnight editing it, um, knowing that something is bound to go wrong, and you'll forget the thumbnail, or you'll start shutting your computer down before you can your video is fully uploaded onto YouTube, then you have to restart your computer and open it up again and then leave your computer running while you upload your video because you're a dickhead, which has <laughs> happened plenty of times. Um, One of so my big contradictions in life, right, is that I love a spreadsheet, I love a list, and I love a monthly TBR where I can make my own list. But as soon as I put books on a list for an in, for like an entire year, I will not read those books. Stephen King 2022 had a whole thing that I could colour in, read two of them. My self-destruct books just forgot that they were existed. Didn't do anything with that. I The 22 for 22, what was the point? Same. Like, all books I really wanted to read, haven't read a single one of them, purely because they were on that list. And my brain was like, we're not doing that. My Why? thing was, I forgot that I did those videos. So Vlogmas in the year of 2021 was just a blurry video. That my first ever attempt at like uploading every day. Um, 
and my planning and schedule. This is where planning and scheduling like tripped me up the first time round. Because I had the first two weeks sorted and then I was like scrambling for the second two weeks. Then I got COVID and missed the last fucking day. And then like hating myself for a week because <laughs> I didn't I missed one day out of 31. Um and I then could you? <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, I get COVID and almost like I end up in hospital. It's like yeah. that. <laughs> and then I forgot that I did those videos. So when it came to like reacting to last year's videos, um, I was like, oh shit! It was only by chance that I read the books that I read because like the Sarah J Mass ones, um, yeah, I think they came up with prompts in readathons. So I was like, oh, yeah. I'll read the latest Sarah J Mass book that I want to read, and then like. The Priory of the Orange Tree was like the book that I that Becca gave me as a prompt that I yeah. spent the years trying to finish. So <laughs> a lot of the books that I I started or read yeah. were simply because they came up with prompts or a friend recommended that I read them. So the, yeah, and then I forgot the I, self destruct. I didn't do the self destruct because I I did it all as um the thrillers and the detective mystery things. Of like I want to read all these on the self destruct. I think I unhauled them in like March put them on Facebook <laughs> or Twitter or something some local guy messaged me was like I'll give you 35 quid or whatever it is for all of your like detective books and I went and met him at Sainsbury's and like did an exchange <laughs> <laughs> did, a, did an exchange <laughs> did an exchange of goods for money <laughs> see I don't, I don't know what my excuse is though because I didn't like just make a video I made a video I give myself a physical list in my bullet journal and I did story graph challenges which I looked at frequently throughout the oh, year I God. also took my self-destruct books and put them all together on a on a on my TBR card they were all very very clearly there and then just never looked at them again and I had a I had all this, all the story graph challenges. I was looking at them because I was filling in other ones, and every so often I'd open them and be like, "Oh, I haven't read any of them." Well, fucking read one then. See, that's <laughs> why I put my twelve books, twelve problems challenge, and my self destructive part of my TBR game because yeah. I know that I would have just forgotten about them, especially if I gave myself like five separate prompts, um, and then had to fit those in on top as well as readathon books and my obligatory reads for the. The, the read-alongs that I've signed myself up for. You're very wise. I am. Yeah. This is the only part of my life I am wise in. There's one thing <laughs> in my life that I well, actually don't think was my me. idea. I think it was your idea. <laughs> we, were, we were brainstorming the planning. You were like, why was it? This? I'm sure it was. I'm very wise. Because I said I was going to do five rules and then we were talking about the major arcana and how we're gonna put that in for the, like the friend rex and then i'm sure you mentioned doing the self-destruct thing in there as well and i was like oh yeah sounds like a good yeah, idea yeah let's 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 go with that let's say that that's i'm sure it was I you i am mean, i'm very intelligent so it doesn't <laughs> surprise me that i came up with such a fantastic idea i mean you did also come up with like the majority of the ideas for my tbi game as well i was like what about no. this I'm like yes <laughs> I guided <laughs> you had a vision I helped you realise it by I telling you you had a vision and I helped you 
by telling you what that vision was <laughs> because you were saying stuff at me and I was like, oh, so you mean this? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what I mean. Oh, it's see, because this is... I speak Lisa. I know. This is how I know we're such good friends because I literally just was like, I want to do this with this and the moons and tarot. And you say, so you mean you want to do this? And I was like, yes, that. You're like, right, okay, we'll just write it down. We'll just do yeah. this. And we'll I had a, I had out. a notepad we were scribbling <laughs> stuff we were drawing maps they mine were terrible how we managed to get anything for your game i don't know but we did it we did that's that's friendship right there and i named i named a town or city after you in my game as a you did, <laughs> you did. <laughs> And I wrote it in pen, so I can't get rid of it now. <laughs> and then I laminated it. <laughs> oh I'm, on it. Laugh, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm laminated. The city of Funkleton. Well, as I say, you're bunkle, you were like, no, it needs a turn at the end to make it sound. <laughs> I was like, Bunkleton then. Bunkleton. That sounds like a great place. It sounds like the sort of place that I feel like would be fun to live. <laughs> I bet everyone gets along in Bunkleton. Yeah. All the same. Actually, knowing there. some of my other family, probably not. <laughs> it's, the, it's the city of, I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't know how I got this reputation. I've never killed anyone. I feel like people are going to... I've never killed anyone. Anything. I've never killed anything. Never I'm a spider. They don't count. They deserve it. <laughs> you exist. They. The one attacked me when I was home alone. And I was like, don't, because I'll, I'll defend myself. I gave it fair warning. I was like, don't come any closer because I'll defend myself. And it kept coming at me. So I got a shoe and I gave like an like a war cry. And I launched the shoe at it and then left it. Because I was like, I, when Danny got home, I was like, just so you know, under your work boot is a dead spider that you need to deal with. Because I've done my bit. Okay, it was very traumatic. <laughs> I can't imagine... It's played up in your head like the spider attacked me. It did. It did. I said, "Don't come. Don't keep coming towards me, because I'll be forced to defend myself with this boot." Didn't listen. Because spiders it was, can totally understand yeah. you, human speech. It was me or the spider. <laughs> it was totally non-deadly spider, but it was me or the spider. It was huge. For all I know, it was venomous. Like I don't know who's out there. Could have been. Or a false widow, one of them that could actually yeah. kill you. Um, did, I not, did I not say it was carrying a knife? <laughs> like a final girl moment. <laughs> I was preparing. <laughs> it was coming I out with a final knife. girl. I am. I've, made, I've already had my final girl origin story. So it was, was Michael Myers in spider form. <laughs> oh no oh, speaking of spider situations <laughs> oh no it's um, not <laughs> this also this also shows 
me as a person, really. Um, it was a while ago when I lived with my parents. My dad was cleaning down the back garden um, because he was going to put some flags down. I don't know what he was doing, but we had to move some stuff, some stones around. Um, I think he was getting rid of this stone bin that was being built. So I moved a stone and a giant spider crawled out from underneath it. Um, and I was just like, Dad! Even though I was outside, I was like, Dad, this is mine! And, and I squalled like that. It was a thing. That, that that sound came out of my throat at a very high, like, loud volume. Um, and my dad was like, what? And then he threw this, a stone at it and, like, squished it. But then he said to me, um, I, I, it was that strong. I threw the stone at it. It lifted off and carried on running. And I went, really? <laughs> I was traumatised. By... <laughs> For a whole second, I was like, really? It was like, no, Lisa. No, it wasn't a thing. It was dead. The stone hit it. It got crushed. It was dead. It's gone. I was like, all right, okay, good. Are you sure? I'm like, fucking hell. At my old job, right, there was a cupboard. And in the back of the cupboard was like a piece of what used to be like an ATM machine, I think. And we were clearing out the cupboard and somebody picked up this like, it was like a side panel almost. They picked up and they turned towards me and this fucking spider size of my hand was just sitting. And the customer laughed at me because I was like, nope. And I just ran. <laughs> I was gone. He was like, <laughs> and he was like, the guy that's coming was like, what? And the customer was like, I think it's the spider. And he like took it outside and got rid of it. But I was like gone. I was back behind the security screen, like behind the glass. Like, is it, did you get it? Is it gone? Is it, wait, 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 what did you do with it? Is it gone? Oh, <laughs> God, I can imagine what you'd be like with those jumping spiders in Australia. <laughs> and this is why I don't go to Australia. <laughs> I have family out there until they come here. I will never see them again. I'm not going there. Are you kidding me? The spiders. I've like seen some of those spiders. Yeah, I don't want to have to check like the toilet every time I want to go for a whiz. I want to check my door shoe? handle. I'm just not about that life. Do you want a snake in your shoe? <laughs> no. No. I really don't. Oh no. This is snake in your shoe. <laughs> <laughs> There's oh a spider in my loo. There's a snake in my shoe. Oh my god. There's a snake in my shoe. Australians are I don't wild. know what to do. Run. <laughs> Run far away. Get on a plane out of Australia. <laughs> Australians oh. are wild. They're a special breed. <clears throat> I don't know how you guys do it. I would be terrified my entire life. Absolutely terrified. <laughs> That's why I was standing there and do like, clear. Oh no, there's a snake in my shirt. <laughs> You're crossing H2O and Toy Story. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> oh no, there's a oh, snake God. in my shoe. <laughs> there's a spider in my way. Oh, this is what Woody would be da- sounding like if he was from Australia. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> on a bicycle. This uh, has been fun. 
I we needed this today. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> we definitely did. Um, if we forgot anything, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have. We've covered all our usual topics. We've covered all the readathons. We've covered things. Everything's going to be linked in the do for redo thing. <laughs> <laughs> Smashed it. Super oh. uber professional podcast. Tick. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, I'm crying. <laughs> right, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Join us again next month for more fun. <laughs> See you there. From your super professional hosts, Gemma Bunko and Lisa Woods. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> good night, Wembley. I can't. What? Oh, I don't know.